the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Warner, Director and Executive Coach of Professional Presentation Services. And with me today is Alexei Kaptarev, who's a presentation expert, a presentation specialist, and he's a published author. Alexei, thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for giving us some of your time. I have a few questions here because I'm I'm aware that you're a very experienced presentation specialist and you've worked with organizations of, of all sizes. You've worked in, in, in Russia, you've worked in Europe and throughout other parts of the world. So very, very uh, diverse. And I, I guess the first question I have for you is someone who's as established as yourself is, why did you decide to get involved with presentations as a career? Um, I don't think it is a career for me. Um, I think it's a project um, and I think it might end uh, eventually. So I'm, I'm not thinking like this is a permanent rubber stamp on me. That, And I never made a decision to become a presentation consultant and trainer. It, it just happened. <laughs> it, it evolved organically, if you will. I was, um, for six years, I was working as a consultant and uh, consulting, of course, is uh, the place where you learn presentation skills because there are like uh, two core skills in consulting. One is having ideas and the second one is selling them to the client. Um, and so if you if you suck at presenting, you're dead, uh, which I was for, for a while. <laughs> my, my, the first presentation I made to the client ended in a spectacular failure. But... This is, I think this is where it all started. So in a way, it started six years before I actually decided to quit my full-time consulting work. And by the way, when I quit, I didn't decide to become a presentation coach. I sort of, I just worked whatever came at me, very weird gigs sometimes. Mm. I worked as an interpreter. Um, I wrote reports about sustainability, so I did a bunch of stuff, and presentations was uh, only part of uh, my repertoire uh, for a while. But then gradually, little by little, everything else um, kind of fall off, and presentations were the only thing that remained. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I don't think that many people who, who haven't gone down this path, which is I mean, the ma vast majority of, of folks out there, especially the listeners, when you get into something as uh, niche as presentation or, or, or pitch coaching, speaking coaching, at the beginning, at the early stages, I had the same experience. People were asking me for all different types of things from, you know, vocal projection coach to, you know, how to lead a meeting and, and, and different, you take odds and ends until, like you said, it, it kind of organically sorts itself out and then you become focused on one area. That's interesting. Got some commonalities there. So when you were, before, when you were a consultant, were you a consultant for, uh, for what types of companies, what types of organizations? It was a policy advisory firm. Uh, we did, uh, my last uh, project was uh, consulting for the Ministry of uh, Economic Development of Russia which was at the time led by, um, uh, I don't know if you know, if anybody uh, of the listeners know the guy, German Greff, which is now the head of the largest uh, Russian bank and probably one of the largest banks in the world, uh, Sberbank. So it, it was um, 
there was a rock and roll there. I don't know if, if, <laughs> if that makes any sense, but it, yeah. it was the place to be. A lot of interesting things happened there at the time. Uh, and uh, the project was about electronic government services. Uh, it was called Electronic Russia. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to say that it, it was a huge success, even though I left um, eventually. <laughs> I, at, at one point, uh, I'm sorry, at one point I, I drafted a law which wasn't mm, sort of uh, given any further movement, luckily. But um, th- th- this is what I this is what I did. I wrote various programs of development of various governmental services. Right. So I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. So you're you're doing this this job. You're working for obviously a very very prominent person, and even at that time probably well established in a in a good role. And and you thought to yourself, you know, I I think I want to transition. I think I want to. There's something about speaking and presentations that I'd like to do more of. Is that what happened? What happened is I did a presentation. I created a presentation and, and put it on SlideShare. It was called Death by PowerPoint. It was in 2007, and um, by now it has accumulated something like 17 million views. Um, it, it, it gradually sort of uh, every year one more million uh, appears magically. I don't know who, who watches this presentation because it, it is so old. Uh, it's un- unbelievable. So what what I did is sort of condensed my experience in presentations into 65, I think, slides and put it online. And that became a wonderful marketing material uh, for people to to find their first, for many of them, it was their first uh, presentation related coaching and consulting. Well, you know, people still listen to the Beatles, right? And they're pretty old too. So just because it's old doesn't mean it's uh, antiquated. But I'm, I'm curious, what what was the impetus for that? Why did you decide I'm going to make a 65 slide death by PowerPoint and publish it for for the public? What it was why? a product. It was a product of passion. Uh, death by PowerPoint was a very accurate description of things I witnessed for a year and a half in the Ministry mm-hmm. of Economic Development of Russia, and I think. Uh, even in 2021, uh, if you come to the Ministry of Economic Development, what you will see will will be best described as death by PowerPoint, um, even though a lot of people don't use PowerPoint uh, anymore. But it, it is it is still a problem. It's it's mostly the, the problem of uh, sort of, of older organizations now, uh, newer organizations kind of mm, accustomed to this uh, new culture and environment and uh, taught themselves to communicate clearly and transparently, but uh, all the organizations still have this problem. Hmm. That's very interesting. I recall, and I think it was either our the first time, one of our first conversations anyways, that we had when I first met you going back now a long time, I, I asked when you get requested for your services, what's the most requested service or what types of problems are the folks having? who request you and and I correct me if I'm wrong but if my memory serves you said something to the effect of they claim their presentations are boring and that their presentations need to be improved uh, aesthetically is that right yeah 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 most of the time what what people complain about is the presentations are boring and the second most frequent complaint is 
that they're confusing and very hard to follow, very hard to understand. So that makes sense. So you, you're probably, you have experienced more than one of these. You've had the uh, displeasure of sitting through more than one of these PowerPoints or presentations that have, you know, been very lengthy and very kind of uh, challenging to, to stay focused through. And you said enough's enough. I'm going, to, I'm going to change the world of presentations. True, true. Well, I, it, it's <laughs> you're making it so dramatic. I and I understand the sort of the urge to to make it very dramatic. But the truth to be told, it, it wasn't. It was just uh, I have a couple of free days. Let's make a presentation. Uh, it's not like I ventured to change the world. I just put a presentation online, but then the world kind of changed itself through this presentation, which I think is good. Yeah, I think so too. And I, yeah, I know what you mean, but up until that point, I mean, for a long time, pr presentations weren't, weren't explicitly taught. Like people's knowledge of presenting and presentations was basically obtained through their own experiences, right? So what they had been witnessed as an audience member, they tried to emulate when they became a presenter. That's what they understood to be a presentation. And then when someone like yourself comes along and shares a resource saying, wait a minute, there's another way to look at this. Um, there's another way to prepare this and, and to deliver this. It's pretty eye-opening to a lot of folks who before that they had the, you know, an already in a box idea of what a presentation was. It is. Yeah, it is. A lot of even, uh, now a lot of people still have this um, antiquated ideas about what it means to be a good presenter and uh, like you said projecting the voice uh, and being charismatic uh, are perhaps uh, one of the uh, top requests i still hear to to this day even from what i gather are fairly <laughs> intelligent people <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. I hear you 100%. So the next question I have for you is, in all of your experience in, in the, the different types of uh, circumstances you find yourself in as a, as a presentation specialist and an expert, what is one of the most misunderstood components that you found people just, you have to kind of uh, re-educate them on or realign them on? Body language. I think there's a huge myth uh, surrounding body language people a lot of people still believe that it's uh, you know what the megrabian uh, uh, myth that it's 70% uh, how you look 20% how you sound and only 10% of what you say uh, and i think a lot of people still believe that they they want to look good they want to sound confident and then they they don't put any thought as to what exactly are they saying to to look good and to and to sound good and that they should I'm, I'm not saying that speech writing is a cure for all uh presentation ailments but it's like 80 percent of all the result you have to you have to construct in your head a simple and believable story and then tell it out loud and it's it's just unbelievable how how this magically fixes your body language it's just amazing mm -hmm. and i think body language is still a very important cue every time i see something wrong with body language i try to dig deeper and i try to find 
what is it that is uncomfortable to say in this very moment? Uh, body language is, is a leak. Uh, so what is leaking? Uh, can, can I dig deeper? Can I uncover this sort of hidden untruth, uh, which certainly exists in this moment? And if I can, I'm very successful and sometimes i can't of course but but mostly i can so <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's it's an interesting thought because it's one of the things that's the most apparent right it's it's the most uh what would you say it, it comes through the surface like an iceberg like people see the body language right but what they don't see is the person has a very good understanding of not only their content but the way that they want to portray it or to deliver it and the body language just happens as a as a consequence or as a you know the residual effect of that right it's yeah that's really interesting that you bring that up so you found that many folks have this they want you to help them focus on their their body language while they're delivering mm -hmm. yeah 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 the acting stuff you know but like like you said it's a surface thing um we need to dig deeper. We need to we need to look deeper than than surface. Yeah, I agree. It, it's tough to to coach someone on their body language when they're presenting something. You know, if we you know in the next quarter, if we cut our you know costs by twenty five percent, we will raise this. It's tough to if if you're working with material or something that you're not familiar with or that's a little bit boring to you, for you to kind of infuse some good body language into that to make it more like you say dramatic and that's going to be a little bit challenging a few few years back i was working with um, a, a huge uh, multinational organization and um i uh, they asked me to coach one of their um people from finance and i asked them do, do you have any examples of uh, of what you would like this person to look like what are your uh, sort of ideals in, in terms of presentations and they send me a video of um, a different uh, person from the same organization also in finance function and he was preparing what essentially was an excel uh, presenting what was essentially an excel spreadsheet and uh, he lacked uh, emotion and uh, body language almost completely but then what they did they drew little smiley faces on his slides to complement every time uh there was a um sort of something bad happened like we over promised and under delivered a frowny face appeared and every time we uh, fantastic results uh smiley face and it was it was such an amazing thing i thought wow uh this is so cool this is unbelievable they know that it has to be there so they just added it amazing but he was uh, truth to be told he was very very clear with with most uh, financial presentations uh, when I hear them, it's very hard to distill whether this, this is good news or bad news. And with him, it was perfectly clear um, whether it was good or bad. With, with most people, what I understand is the only thing I understand that it's very complex. <laughs> So if I'm understanding you correctly, in that story you just told, the smiley face or the frowny face, that was almost like a, a substitute for the... Yeah, yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. 
That's interesting. I've never seen that before, but I imagine it would be effective. It, I, I think I think it was. It, it made it was just so crystal clear. You don't have to guess. You don't. Did he just smile? It's pretty damn easy to recognize the smiley face from the frowny face. So yeah, yeah, it was so cool. I I wonder why so few people are doing that. They are over relying on the on the power of their own body language, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I find I, I, in my world, I see both. I see people over depending on their slides as slides or everything as cue cards type of thing or slides, you know, they tell all the information. I don't really need to be a great speaker because the information's on my slides. And then I see the other, the other part where if they don't see themselves as a fantastic orator, who's charismatic and who can rally the troops, so to speak, then they're not a great presenter. Right. But in truth, I mean, in the real world, how many times have we seen an introvert, a soft-spoken introvert who knows their content very well and understands what they need to do is very effective at influencing their audience or getting the desired results because they're very clear on what they need to do, right? It doesn't, they don't have to be as energized or charismatic. Yeah, and perhaps the greatest business speaker in the world at the moment is Elon Musk, who is very introverted and and he's not a good speaker uh, that is he he he's not good as an actor uh, as a delivery person but he's very clear with his messages and his uh, slides well they're bearable they they do not obstruct uh, <laughs> his uh, presentations so yeah elon musk look no further <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen Alexi's slides, Alexi is probably the best slide designer I've ever seen. And as a, a pre presentation expert myself, you can imagine how many different slides I've seen. Alexi's number one. The last question I have for you, Alexi, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up because I know your time is very valuable. What is your most memorable coaching or consulting or training experience in all of your time? A few years back, I was... Um... I was actually working as a speechwriter. Um, a client of mine, a, a startup, um, was presenting in London. And um, the speaker, uh, well, she, she was fluent, but if you present in a foreign language, it's very useful to have the complete script um, of your presentation. So we spent, I don't know, maybe three to four hours together. It was a five-minute presentation. It was a presentation at uh, TechCrunch. I don't know if you know the conference. It, yep. It's a huge event in Europe and the United States. And it's it's a it's a huge honor to be invited there because like 80% uh, of all the startups who present there get uh, financing. So it was like your ticket to success. Don't screw up. Um, so we... We wrote the script and uh, she told it to me and it, it sounded all right. And then I decided to watch the actual event to see um, how it all uh, went through. And she didn't do my presentation. She did something completely different, not completely, but very different from different angle. And I was like, wow. I was almost offended because she didn't uh, say a word. But then she got asked a question. And in response to that question, 
she told the exact presentation. It was such an obvious question. She didn't <laughs> answer before. And in response to that question, she told my presentation almost bad, like word for word, uh, what I wrote. And I was like, aha! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I told you, you need, you need to do this first. So um, in, in a way, it was a failure, but then it was a, I think it was a spectacular success. And she now moved to California, of course, and <laughs> the startup is doing fine. Yeah. Do you, so do you remember the, where you were standing? You remember the moment when you were like, yes, like, like you said, aha, there, there it is. Yeah. There, there was, uh, uh, there was sadness and uh, rage and then, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that must've been a good moment. Yeah. All right, Alexi. Yeah, thank you for coming on today. That's uh, those are the only the questions I had for you. I'd love to to chat more, but I know, like as I said, uh, our time is is drawing near. But thank you again for coming on, and uh, we really appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners would uh, are, are going to enjoy it. Can get Alexi? Are you still help? Are you still coaching and doing some consulting with presentations, or have you segued on to more business? Um, I'm I mostly teach, but I do some uh, coaching and consulting still. Right now, I'm I'm working on a uh, presentation of a medical startup uh, from uh, Boston. Oh, very so, nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where can folks get a hold of you if they're interested in, in connecting with you or uh, securing your services? Um, I have a website, which is uh, captureva.com. Uh, so please, all my contacts are there. Feel free to drop me an email. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and Alexi is one of the most approachable and, and and friendly experts that I've that I've been fortunate to meet. So I'm sure he's happy to uh, to correspond with you and see if you can work something out. So, Alexi, yeah, once again, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it. There was our interview with Alexi Kapturov. If you're interested in getting in touch with him, his website is k a p t e r e v dot com. Uh, this is last name Kapturov, and yeah, Alexi is, as I mentioned in the interview, one of the most approachable and kind, friendly presentation specialists I've uh, rubbed shoulders with, and I've uh, been fortunate enough to meet over the years. He's, as I said, he's written a book called Presentation Secrets, and he also has a Coursera course on presentations. I've actually looked at a few of them myself, and, and they're they're quite helpful. They're quite informative. Again, especially his slide design. Uh, his slide design work is really, really remarkable. So I encourage you to take a look at that. Uh, if you have any questions or you'd like to get in touch with us, it's ryan at professionalpresentationservices.com. And once again, we wish you the best of luck in your future speaking endeavors.